0: Thank you, Gene. I appreciate that. If you have your Bibles, would you look with me at Luke chapter 1? Luke chapter 1. And today we're going to look at the story of Mary, which is an amazing, amazing kind of story. So, last week I talked about the fact of authentic and inauthentic, and that's a key word for Webster's Dictionary in the coming year. Um, authentic uh, Christmas stories, and there are a lot of Christmas stories. Uh, But authentic Christmas stories (coughs) will have a stable setting. Did that go over your head? Are you with me there? I didn't want to go there. If it doesn't have a stable setting, it is not a Christmas. You didn't hang in there with me. Would you turn to somebody next to you and tell them to hang in there? Would you do that? I just kind of throw you something hard to begin with and see if you're awake. Uh, Well, an inauthentic Christmas story is one that I like and I watch uh, just about every year. And it's a Christmas carol by Charles Dickens. And he talks about in the 1830s about a man named Ebenezer Scrooge. Maybe you've met Ebenezer Scrooge in your lifetime and somewhere. Maybe he's in your family. Maybe you're sitting next to Ebenezer Scrooge. But Ebenezer Scrooge uh, was a miser who was bah mug about Christmas. And uh, he had had a hard life. He was neglected as a child. And he um, had his love of his life reject him. And uh, his sister passed away. And he tried to find his identity in making money and being a miser. And no matter how much money he made, it was not enough. And his idea about Christmas was Bahamba. And then he had three spirits to visit him in the night. And his uh, Jacob Marley, his friend and companion in business, also visited him. And man who used to be a giver, I mean a taker and a miser, became a uh, giver and the wonder of christmas came back to him it doesn't have a stable setting but it's easy for us in our lives sometimes to lose that kind of wonder and to say in so many activities that happen and so many things that do that happen and so busy we are this time of year that sometimes we're just kind of glad when christmas is over and we can lose that sense of wonder that at one time we may have had. So I want to encourage you to look back at Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2 and see that wonder and allow that wonder to maybe renew your life and to just grasp something of what God is doing in and through the birth of a Christ child. Now, if you have your Bibles, look at uh, Luke chapter, and I'm in Matthew, so I better turn over, Luke chapter 2. And I think we begin at verse 26. And we look at part of what the angel is saying to Mary and Mary's response to that angel. So if you look at verse 26, and that's a good place to be. So would you stand as we read God's word? And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel... And Gabriel means, uh, Gabriel was an angel who was a message character, and he stood in the very presence of God, was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And you remember the story, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And did I say chapter one? (laughs) Chapter two? Chapter one? Chapter one's where I want to be. Uh, Any of you ever have your wife give you signals? (laughs) Is this okay, babe? You are at (laughs) this? Okay, verse 27. To a virgin is engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail Mary, full of grace, highly favored. The Lord is with thee, and the King James says, blessed are you among women. May God bless the reading of his word, and you may be seated. When we look at the gospel records, it is Matthew and Luke who have the record of the Christmas story. Mark is the first gospel written, and John was written later on, and John talk goes all the way back to the beginning of the world. But Matthew and Luke talk about the origins of Jesus and his birth, and because there were people that wanted to know. Matthew talks about it from Joseph's perspective, and he brings in the story of the Magi. It is Luke that does it from Mary's perspective, and he does it with the story of the shepherds. And when Luke wrote his gospel, he probably interviewed Mary and asked what happened that day because Luke was not there. So he talked to Mary. And when we read this story from Luke, we're reading the story from Mary's perspective as an older lady as to what happened during that time when she was a young girl in Nazareth planning to marry Joseph. And it was going to be the wedding of the community. But then God interrupted her plans. And as she's there planning what's going to happen, all of a sudden, here's an angel. There were no uh, pre-work to that. There was no waiting for that. There was, she was not expecting that. It was totally unexpected. And it caught her off guard. And all of a sudden, an angel appears. It's called the Annunciation. In Latin terms, it's the idea of when the angel came to visit Mary there in the place that where, where she was. Now, we don't know if she was planning the wedding or what was happening. Maybe she was having her quiet time. Whatever was happening at that point, all of a sudden, there was this angel. And his name was Gabriel. And he offered her the opportunity to be a part of God's plan that will go forever and ever and ever and ever. And how would she respond? It's amazing to me that God's plan is waiting for this. Probably she was in her, she was either 15 or 16 girls got married and they still get married in Palestine at younger ages. And probably she was uh, whatever, she, she was totally off guard, totally unexpected. But what would she do? And God's plan came to this 15 or 16 or 14 year old girl, waiting for her yes. And the plan of God was sitting and waiting to see if she would say yes. That's amazing to me, that's a wonder. Uh, last week, um, Susan and I uh, spent the night with Billy and Mandy Johnson. They're, they're our good friends, and uh, they've been our friends um, uh, for a long time. We have a history of our relationship. Uh, Billy and I played football together. We hunted together. We hunted deer and turkeys and doves and whatever you can hunt, and we even went frog gigging together. And when you go frog gigging with somebody, you get to know them really well because sometimes you want to throw them out of the boat uh, when they don't act right. But Billy and I played football together and and Billy is uh, a graduate. He and Mandy both, I think, graduated from University of Alabama. After high school, Billy went on and played football for Coach Bryant at the University of Alabama. And I pulled for Billy, even though I was at Auburn, I pulled for Billy. Whenever he'd go in, I knew his number. His number was number 53. And he'd go in and he would be the center for Kenny Stabler for Alabama. And um, so I switched sides and I kind of, I I just couldn't pull against Billy. There's no way I could pull against Billy. And so we spend the night with them every now and then. We stay at Melba's a lot. We appreciate Melba and she is so gracious in her hospitality. And sometimes we stay with Mandy and Billy and they live in Camden, which is just a short distance away. So uh, Billy and Mandy invited us to sit, and they said this, now we're gonna be watching the Alabama game. So um, you can come before the Alabama game, you can come after the Alabama game. Uh, It's just not happy to have an Auburn graduate in the middle of an uh, Alabama-Georgia game. But whenever um, Alabama would do something good, and they did quite a lot good, Billy would just, ah, oh, man, he'd just give it that Alabama push. And I would sit over there and say, yes. <laughs> I was working best I could saying my yes. Because <laughs> that was my friend. I wanted to be with him. And, and, but his yes was gladder than my yes. Can you understand that? Uh, We've been looking at the Christmas story which started with Zacharias and Elizabeth and there it comes to Mary. But it started there together because both of them had little babies that would end up bringing God's uh, kingdom into this world and their baby was John the Baptist. And they were an old couple, Zacharias and Elizabeth, and they were an old couple, we looked at that last week, who were childless and past the age of bearing children. And, but they wanted a child so bad, and, and it, it, they built it up and let down, and built it up and let down until finally their hearts had kind of gotten to the place of an Ebenezer Scrooge heart. And the Ebenezer Scrooge heart was kind of a cold heart. But they went through the motions, and they did the right things, and they were, they were blameless in what they did. But they wanted a child, and they felt like, felt like God had let them out in his mission and had just not been there for them when they really wanted a child. And so it came a time when he was in the temple in the almost the holiest place. He was right next to the holy of holies. And the angel Gabriel came to see him. And when the angel Gabriel said, you're going to have a son, he's going to be the the one who would announce the Christ child. And he would have a ministry that would be the greatest prophet who ever lived. And so after the angel said that, Zacharias, who had that Ebenezer heart, says, I need a sign. Give me a sign. I can't believe. I have had so much let down in my life that it's going to be hard for me to accept that and to believe it. And so the angel said, You will be not able to speak until the child finally arrives. You should name his name John when he does arrive. So Zacharias had that kind of response that I had uh, watching the Alabama-Georgia game, yay. (laughs) But I'm not sure of my yay. Mary was different. The angel Gabriel uh, came to her and he said all these exciting things, you're gonna have a child. At first she was kind of dazed as to what uh, the angel being there. You're going to have a child and you should call his name Jesus. And he shall be uh, of his father's throne, David, which will be a kingdom that will last forever and ever and ever. And as she's there listening to what he, at first it was this kind of fear. That was there, who is this? I mean, you're approached by an angel and an angel comes to see you and you're there approached by an angel and how do I handle this? And the angel said, told her all these things and Mary said, ask a question. But she didn't ask for a sign like Zacharias asked for a sign. But she is given a sign. The angel gave her a sign. And she said, how can it be? How can it be I've never known a man and that's a usual way of having children and that's not where I am that's not what I've done and I don't understand that and so the angel began to tell if you look in the story here uh, verse 31 he talks you shall conceive in your womb how can that happen and So Mary said unto angel in verse 34, how can this be? I mean, there's no biological answer for this. There's no scientific answer for this. But there's a spiritual answer for that. And so he told her, And this is how uh, uh, Gabriel handled Mary at this point. He said, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you. It will be like as God created in the beginning of time. It was an act of the Holy Spirit. So this will be a work of the Holy Spirit. Not only that, now let me tell you this. He went on to say, your uh, cousin, who is Elizabeth, the one who they call the barren one, Is already pregnant with a child. She's in her sixth month. But here's what I want you to see. And nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Because all possibilities are available when God is in your situation and nothing is impossible with God. So Mary's answer was this, I am your handmaid. Whatever you ask me to do, I hear you call and she said yes. And the Christmas story was set in motion. She went to see her cousin, Elizabeth, and Elizabeth was an older lady, and she and Zacharias were in having their child, which was a beautiful kind of thing. And they symbolize in a lot of ways, the Old Testament, what happened in the Old Testament. Here was this new young lady, and she's coming with the Christ child, And she is representing something new coming into the world that's even greater than the covenant that God had made with the nation of Israel in in that time. Here was something even greater. It would be the greatest movement this world had ever seen. And it started with a yes that Mary made in a place called Nazareth. And it's come down to us meeting today the kingdom that will never end kingdoms come and go but the kingdom of god is forever and ever and ever so she stayed with elizabeth until elizabeth had gave birth to her child and she saw what god had done because every I'm reading about what is the basic needs of women. One of the basic needs is to be understood. I want to be understood. And what men do, a lot of times, the wife will share something about her feelings and he will tell her how to fix it. But what she wants to know is, do you understand how I feel? And Elizabeth understood how mary felt and she needed that encouragement because all of us need that kind of encouragement from each other to try to understand how we, how we feel mary goes back to nazareth and there she's kind of all alone and the wonder of all this and the wonder is first the angel gabriel that an angel would come to her. And that's still something that we still don't understand about angels. Angels are very much in God's Word. And they're in the, in the first part of the birth series. And they would show up. And Luke seemed to be especially like angels. And to show how they come into the story. It's the angels and the army of angels out there with the shepherds. And everywhere they looked, there were angels. A heavenly host all around them. And so angels play a part and here is Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and he comes with the message that God has for Mary. So there's a wonder of angels and angels are in our lives and sometimes they appear and sometimes they don't appear. And they're a kind of mystery and they're not understood but they're there. And all of us need some kind of guardian angel. And how much the angels play in our part? We'll never know until one of these days when we see our Father in heaven and there will be some things that will be shared with us that it was angels that were there and they took a part in the things that we did or the things we did not do. But here's the wonder of angels. And they're involved in the Christmas story because all heaven is behind this story. And especially the angels are behind this story. There's a wonder of the virgin birth. And it's come down to us as a virgin birth, but in actuality, it was not a virgin birth. Her birth was the same birth as any other woman having a child. It's a conception that's a virgin conception. And I've been out there with Susan when... We had our first child, and, and I tried to feel, what, but I didn't feel what she was feeling. And I have learned as a pastor, uh, when you go to pray with a lady when she's having that baby, get there before she has those contractions, because she hates all men when she's having those contractions. <laughs> so that when she gives birth to her child, it is a ordinary kind of birth that's involved there. So it's a conception. The God-man was becoming the son of man but he was still the God-man. And we have nothing to compare that to. But it's a wonderful birth. The fact that God became man and dwelt among us full of grace and truth is what how John tries to put so here's this baby that Mary is carrying and then there's the wonder of Mary's reaction to that there was so much involved in that so much mystery and so much misunderstanding could come out of that and so her response was yes When she sings her song and she sings the first Christmas carol that is in Scripture in verse forty six, if you have your Bible, it's called the Magnifica. And as she sings her song, which is ah oh, so great, just pours forth. It all it tells about how much she knows about Hannah when Hannah had a child and she would draw so much from old testament scripture. But Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the low estate of his handmaid. For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. She's not only affected the birth of a child, but she's affected generations down through the ages that came to me in Central Baptist Church in the balcony and God spoke to my heart. So here's a maid from Nazareth that will affect the whole wide world and generations come after her. The wonder of the angel, the wonder of the conception, and the wonder of Mary's answer. Now, why didn't Mary, what was in her answer? I'm your handmaid. I'm your obedient servant. First, there was this desire for God's will. She had a desire for God's will. When Jesus came by the pool of Bethesda, he saw a man there who had been paralyzed for 38 years. And he said, Do you want to get well? And the man be given an excuse every time I try to get in the water, somebody else beats me there. And he had gotten so paralyzed in his life that even his desire to get well was paralyzed. She had this desire, Mary had this desire to do God's will it is not always comfortable it is not always easy sometimes it takes us in rough places sometimes it takes us to places where people do not understand why we are driven by what we are driven to do God's will but this desire is something I want I want God's will in my life whatever it takes Whatever he has to do. I want God's will in my marriage. I want my God's will in the place that I work. I want God's will in my family. I want my God's will for my children. There's this desire that she has to want God's will. But she's also willing to pay the price. Because there's a price that's paid when you follow the Lord. In Matthew, we learned that while Mary said yes, the fact that she was pregnant, word was on the street that she had misbehaved and she was engaged to Joseph. And Joseph wanted first to just take her to the worst place could be probably to have her stoned because she had seemed to have hurt him the deepest place that a husband of wife could be hurt and it looked like there was some kind of misbehavior on her part and joseph struggled with that until finally god came to him in an angel and said take mary to be your wife but how do you explain that how do you explain that you're pregnant and you're carrying a child and the child is by the holy spirit There's no way people will understand that. And people kind of carried it to the worst. And when Joseph goes from Nazareth to Bethlehem to be taxed and to be part of the tax, he takes Mary because the, the rumor mill was so strong that she was being accused of all this stuff. And nobody seemed to understand except Elizabeth. So when you follow the Lord, sometimes you go in a culture that doesn't understand your situation and desire to follow the Lord with all your heart. But this is what she did. Not only did she have that desire, she uh, even ready to pay the price because it could have been the end of her marriage, which hadn't even started yet. But she believed God's word. She trusted God's word. She trusted it when it didn't seem she didn't understand it. She trusted it because you said it. I believe it. And I place my, my life in your hand. And that's trust. And she has given us an example of what it's like follow Jesus and she is the example in all of scripture of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ not only through uh, in all that she says and done and that's what Christmas is all about the Christ child coming into this world now choir is going to sing an anthem Mary did you know How many of you know that that's your favorite song, Christmas song? Would you raise your hand if you amen? I think it's in your book at uh, 209. Is that where it is if you want to look in your book, uh, your hymnal at uh, 209? I think that's where it is. Either 209 is there. And you see that it was written by a guy named Mark Lowry, who is the biggest cut-up this world has ever seen. He is more of a clown than he is a serious theologian. And he was always, he's always been a clown, but he's always loved the Lord and he's always been able to sing. And he wrote this song like he was um, interviewing Mary. And he wrote it and, and when he wrote it, he, he just put his heart into it and he just, God came to But it just didn't seem to have the right melody. And so he put it on the shelf and let it lay there for several years. Then he got involved with uh, Gaither and a guy named Buddy Green who was in there. And Buddy Green wrote a melody for this song. And when Mark Lowry first heard it, he said, that's it. The words and the melody flow together. And make this a Christmas carol. Like Mary is there and he's talking to Mary and he's telling her, how God is going to bless her. Now, listen while I cry, sing.